This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, September 30th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. A government shutdown looms as Congress and the president won't agree on a spending plan, but far from a disaster, our last experience with a government shutdown didn't visibly harm the economy at all. Chris Edwards, director of tax policy studies at the Cato Institute, explains. Well, the last big government shutdown was in 1995 and 96 when about 40% of federal workers were furloughed uh, for up to three weeks in early 1996. This time it will be a broader shutdown. About 50% of federal workers will be furloughed. So you can go back though and look at in 1995 and 96 and uh, that shutdown did not hurt the economy and indeed the stock market actually rose during that shutdown. So I think fears of some sort of economic calamity for the myths are, are pretty far-fetched. All right. Well, what, is it, what does a shutdown look like? Based, based upon our experience in the mid-'90s, of course, it was a big showdown between uh, Newt Gingrich and the Republican House and President Clinton. Uh, what shape is it likely to take? Well, the, the current shutdown, it's completely unknown how long it will last. I mean, I don't know how much the House Republicans will dig in their heels. They've, uh, they're currently united. Um, they have sent the last two continuing resolution bills to the Senate, uh, completely unified. Uh, so we will. I'm not sure how long the shutdown will last. President Obama has made a big deal out of saying he will not negotiate uh, essentially anything uh, on this. And uh, John Boehner, to his credit, I think to some extent says, well, it, it really doesn't work that way. Uh, where are these two sides in terms of distance of avoiding this and uh, who do you think is right? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, the Democrats are calling Republicans irresponsible for threatening this shutdown. But I would say this is what you get when you pass legislation like Obamacare that was utterly partisan legislation passed just with Democratic votes in the House and Senate. Uh, so if you don't pass major legislation with some bipartisan support, then of course it's going to create acrimony, and uh, and the the public, of course, does not support Obamacare. So it's not surprising that Republicans want to challenge this law. By contrast, if you go back and look, say, at welfare reform in 1996, that was passed in a very bipartisan basis, and it has proved to be a very enduring reform. Similarly, the, the 1986 tax reform was bipartisan, and so it proved to be an enduring reform. So that's one of the lessons here. Senator Rand Paul and others have said, look, yes, we'll cut the military, but uh, you have to be willing to give when it comes to some domestic spending. Is there any appetite for some sort of grand bargain that would uh, cut both military and uh, social spending? You do raise an issue here, which is that the main fight over the appropriations bills so far has been Obamacare and delaying Obamacare for another year. But there is disagreement about spending levels as well. The Republicans want to pass an appropriations bill that's around $970 billion, whereas the the Senate, the, the Democrats in the Senate have a figure that's about $90 billion higher than that. So there's a, a major disagreement about how much is going to be spent here, even aside from the Obamacare disagreement. Where are Republicans to blame here? They certainly have, uh, have enabled a lot of what uh, gives the president a decent uh, bargaining position here. The, the thing that's baffling to a lot of folks like uh, here at the Cato Institute uh, who want to repeal Obamacare and who do want to cut government spending is why the Republican House leadership waited so long 
to uh, form their strategy here to battle Obamacare and battle on the appropriations bills. It's been six months since the last appropriation bill was signed into law. So the Republican leadership should have decided on their strategy many months ago, spent the summer of selling their strategy to the general public and to voters, uh, gone into the fall with a unified position, and they would have had a very strong case uh, against President Obama. They've got uh, the, the public opinion polls are on their side. But instead, they seem they le- seem to leave it till the very last weekend to decide what their strategy is. And now it looks like the the, the government shutdown will happen tomorrow, and we still don't know what the the House Republican strategy is. And by the way, people are blaming Senator Ted Cruz for for stepping in here and and, and trying to uh, sort of in a personal aggrandizing way making uh, a, a big fuss. But he was only able to do that because there was a void of leadership from House Republicans. So House Republican leaders created a. Void and people like Ted Cruz have then, you know, not surprisingly stepped in to fill the void and to, uh, to, to battle Obama. Democrats are blaming Republicans here for uh, a possible government shutdown and potential damage that might do to the economy. But, you know, Obamacare is not an unimportant thing. Obamacare could potentially damage the health care system for many years or decades to come. It could damage the economy for years to come. So battling over a government shutdown, which may affect the economy in the short run, is not unreasonable for something that is this important. Chris Edwards is Director of Tax Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.